1: going on everybody welcome to another episode and edition of the first and 10 podcast right here on the blogging the boys podcast network your host of course dave Sturchio, alongside two of the premier writers for bloggingtheboys.com, tony catalina aiden davis it is a special fourth of july episode so i know what you're thinking what am i going to listen to while i'm poolside sipping on my coldest of cold beverages this is the podcast to listen to to get you hyped for the for training camp for everything that's about to happen in preseason, the regular season we are the kickoff show of the blogging the boys podcast network and we're very excited to get things going uh tony aiden how are we feeling on this fourth of july weekend and look let's preface this by We all have families, we all have plans, we all want to do things, so we're recording this one day early, just one, so nobody freak out, unless there's some catastrophic Sunday barbecue incident, like Jason Pierre Paul-esque, then then we'll go back on and we'll edit this, but I think we're going to be okay this weekend, Uh, so it is Saturday, Tony, big plans this weekend, bro, what are we doing?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely trying to avoid my own Jason Pierre-Paul situation this weekend because there's going to be some adult beverages. There's going <laughs> to be some fireworks. And, you know, so for me, I'm going to I'm gonna bask in the glory of Independence Day this weekend. And um, I'm hyped. How about you guys? What do you guys got going on?
1: Aiden, I mean, I know you're uh, you're... I I want to say like Aiden not only is he the professor of this podcast he's also the nomad meaning he's always on the go always traveling <laughs> he's once he's once recorded from a bathroom he's also now recording from a garage so like I, I gotta know Aiden what the heck is the big plans for 4th of July you're already on the move
3: yeah so I I mean I just graduated from college so I <laughs> <Let's> still, live. still <laughs> I still have the college tendencies and this weekend I'm at a buddy's lake house and I mean we're recording at nine o'clock central time and for just post-grad that means that still means sleeping time for a lot of the people in this house so (laughs) the
1: entire house is sleeping he's whispering the entire podcast like i think (laughs) i think the cowboys will be okay this year like oh okay great he's lucky he's wearing headphones i'd wake the entire house up with this majestic baritone voice Um, all right. Well, listen, I got some plans. My daughter, uh, as you're listening to this, it's 4th of July, but the day before July 3rd, she turns three. So we're throwing in a complete rager at a splash park (laughs) over here in Jersey. So we're going to have some fun. I'm going to be the oldest guy in the splash park more than likely. So I'll be indulging in some adult beverages as well, and hopefully not busting ass, um, on the splash park. So, We all have our plans. Uh, I know the Dallas Cowboys have some plans, and that goes down in about three weeks' time. Now, I did think about this, and I'm still debating this. I've been wanting to go to Oxnard forever, right? And I still want to do it. I still want to see the guys in action in training camp. It's one thing to see them from the – from the nosebleeds at at cowboy AT&T stadium or somewhere in Jersey where me and Tony are going to battle all the giants fans in week two. So (laughs) like I've always wanted to see these guys up close and see how practices are run and yada, yada. So I'm actually thinking about going, have you guys ever gone or attended to any of the training camps? Tony, you know,
2: I've, I've, I've thought about it and I've done the, the numbers and I've crunched it and like I'm trying to find any way to do it. This year doesn't look feasible, but if you, me and you, and if Aiden wants to get involved, we can think about this for 365 days? I say there's no reason why we don't go next year. I mean, I've said it before. Me and me and Dak have the same birthday, both born <laughs> July 29th. So I'd literally have an excuse to go spend my birthday week in Oxnard, California, covering the team. I'm I'm all in on that.
1: And he's not Kyrie Irving, so he's not gonna like just take off practice because of his birthday. You know what I mean? Like he's actually (laughs) gonna participate. And uh, shout out to Kyrie and all those um, the moronic Nets fans out there who thought they had a dream team established. Can't (laughs) wait to see that implode. That's another podcast for another day. Uh, But anyway, it's uh, I've been wanting to go. I think I'm gonna try to go. I, I gotta look into flights. I know flights are just atrocious right now with gas prices and all this other crap. So it's like it's very hard for me to actually like justify that you know especially to the wife it's like hey by the way i'm gonna go on this little mini vacation to go watch the cowboys it's like oh they're gonna play a game i'm like no actually they're just practicing right (laughs) it's very hard (laughs) for me to justify that but
2: we'll see we'll see business trip
1: yeah exactly oh perfect dude perfect there is a uh a thing that blogging the boys is putting on out there i have to go it's a requirement rj said we'd be taken off the network if we don't attend so i have to go it's just you know just just the way credentialed
2: media you know exactly
1: bro exactly i hear that All right, so speaking of the Cowboys, all right, obviously three weeks and change away um, from getting on that field in Oxnard, ready to rock for training camp. Now, today, the first and 10 podcast has put together three things. We're three weeks away. How about three things? Three questions we got heading into training camp um, for 2022. And obviously, it's the Dallas Cowboys, so you know it's always heavy with the stories, heavy with the storylines, heavy with the drama. It's just never a dull moment when you're the Dallas Cowboys. So we have put together three questions to ask the other two guys. And obviously we'll give our take about the questions as well. Um, I'll start it off just to make things easier. So you guys can think about yours. Cause you probably haven't prepared for this. I'm kidding. We prepared for this before this. Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with my question right now. And it's, it's pretty simple. There are a bunch of notable free agents that we've picked up. And there's a couple guys on the roster that are, have been, Kind of hanging around, right? Just we haven't really seen a, a role for them, slash, like, what, like, could they fit in year two, year three? You know, veterans, guys that we've signed, James Washington, you know, guys on the defensive side of the ball, foul or so. We're going to talk about it, but Tony, I'll ask you first which Dallas Cowboy heading into training camp has to have a quote banger of a training camp to make this team because they're on the fringe right now, veteran only, not, not some of these rookies that are coming in here undrafted. So mm-hmm. those guys already have a world of uh, of practices and and, you know and just just overall high intensity situations already being rookies i'm talking about the guys that are already on this team signed sealed and delivered which guy is on the the brink of possibly getting cut if he doesn't have a great uh training camp
2: man you know what i i'm a fan of this guy i love the way he plays i think he's a type of guy that is what the cowboys need what tenacity it's a defensive player somebody who's tough strong but the guy that needs to come out and play, especially the way this position has worked out to be a strength Donovan Wilson. You know, oh. I think Donovan, I think wow. Donovan okay. Wilson is a guy that needs to come out and have a good training camp with J Ron curse being, you know, signed brought back, right. J, J. Ron curse is highly favored in this team among the fan base amongst the players. Uh, Malik hooker came back. The talent is there. He finally stayed healthy. He's a guy that is an absolute baller when he gets comfortable. He's in the system. Now he's healthier. Um, you know the way they they drafted israel mukadam i know i butchered his name but <laughs> there's some talent there at the safety position that we've honestly going into last year didn't think was as strong of a position as we thought it might be now uh they brought in you know duran bland he has some position flex there's there's some young guys there when you get to the to the not i wouldn't say the bottom of the depth chart of special uh, of safety you kind of look at those guys as how can they help us on special teams, right? Mm. And I think um Donovan Wilson has a, a unique skill set in the sense that he can play under and he can play you know the linebacker spot if need be. He's that box safety, but what is he like in pass coverage? Right? Can he can he can he defend? Can he defend the pass? Um, now again, this is a surprise, and like most times we always see these years where players do get cut that you didn't see coming I, I think that this would be a, a little bit of a surprise move but a move that if he doesn't come out and play well especially with his injury history the way that the safety position is is kind of developed on this team uh, I think it could be a surprise move to see Donovan Wilson on the outside looking in
1: that's very interesting it's very uh, I know I know haha Clinton Dix was brought in as a as a one year like let's see what we got out of him but it seems like the safety position's never safe, as is no pun intended. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those positions, all of a sudden, there's been years, guys, years we were sitting there banging on the table. We need a safety. We need a safety. Now, all of a sudden, we might have too many. It's weird. It's a very weird dynamic as this totally. uh, all happens. So, Aiden, you're one guy on this roster right now. That's in, Not, in, I don't want to say danger, because it's like everybody has a clean slate going into the training camp. But who has to really outperform his position in order to stay on this team when we suit up against tom brady and the bucks come september
3: am i allowed to say somebody who wasn't on the cowboys last year but is now but he is yeah, a veteran
1: yeah, yeah yeah i mean look these guys were signed i probably alluded to a couple of them already all
3: right i'm going dante fowler i've been <laughs> saying this kind of all offseason. season i just i think we're all kind of presuming that he's at least going to be like the 1b if not the 1a on that right defensive end rotation I don't think it's as safe as that. I think that he's this defensive end group is really talented. I mean, I think Doran Armstrong right now is in a really good position. I like what he's doing, and I just don't know if um, Dante Fowler has what it takes to make this team.
1: It's interesting you say that because defensive end, when you lose a guy like Randy Gregory, right, you lose a guy like Randy Gregory, you're like, all right, well, there's a massive hole over there, and then all of a sudden – you're looking at this defensive, you know, defensive end rotation, and you have to throw Micah Parsons in there, you know, as part of the rotation of who's coming off the edge. Fowler might have to have that that bang around seat, like uh, off seat, uh, training camp, have you? Um, But because, I, again, I think the veteran leadership is great, and it's good to have another voice in the locker room. But, boy, oh, boy, he's going to have to fit in fast. So, And I know he's a Dan Quinn guy, so that kind of, like, gives him a little bit of a leg up, but, again, We've seen we've seen crazier things in the past as far as some cuts that have been made by the Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, without even seeing them on the field in, in real live game action. So it's interesting. Eden, let
2: me ask you this. Um, in order for Dante Fowler to not be on this team, in your opinion, is that due to his own play or is that due to somebody like Sam Williams stepping up and just making him dispendable?
3: No, I, I mean, I just think like guys like – Chauncey Golston, I think, is kind of at least a lock-ish to make the roster. I think Sam Williams is, I mean, we just took him with the second-round pick. He's a lock to make the roster. I mean, there's just too many guys that I think are not necessarily locks, but they're just fighting with him, like, kind of, like, I think, neck and neck. So I don't see it as he necessarily falls off. I just think there's a lot of similar talent at the defensive end position.
1: Interesting. All right. Well, it remains to be seen. My guy, uh, we flip it on over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think it's he would have to really, really stink it up not to be on this roster. But I think the guy that really has a lot to prove going into September, uh, would be James Washington. And the reason why I say mm-hmm. that is because yes, you sign him. Yes, he's depth. Yes, a lot of people have actually compared him to like a I guess the Des Bryant esque, you know, high points it physical dude, you know, didn't he got lost in the shuffle in Pittsburgh. But if you look at the Pittsburgh quarterback play, mm. you know, it was Big Ben for the last couple years, and Big Ben was on his last uh, you know, ticks of his clock. Get it? Big Ben and the clock. Oh my <laughs> God. It's like this stuff writes itself. Um anyway, so I think James Washington is in a little bit of a a, a a troubling situation. And I know Michael Gallup is on the, on the mend right now and he's getting back and he's already working with the resistance bands and everything like that. So I'm sure it'll be a couple more actual months for him to start jump cutting and cutting all over the place and running fly routes, but the emergence of Jalen Tolbert, you know, we're going to see what he's got. He was drafted relatively early. If you think about it, uh, comparable to the rest of the, to the draft class. Um, you obviously have CeeDee Lamb. He's he's the solidified number one. I mean, if I read another article on NFL.com asking CeeDee Lamb, are you ready? Like, no, he's going to come back and say, well, you know what? I'm a little nervous. This isn't probably a good spot for me. I should always be the number two. Like, of course he's going to come out and say he's going to be the number one, right? So it's all about who's going to be lining up across the way. And we lost Cedric Wilson. I, I, I don't like that at all. But I do like the fact that Noah Brown's going to get on the field more. We have to see what the heck we got in Simi Fajoko. Like, that's got to happen. So James Washington, actually, as as young as he still is, he finds himself as one of the older guys on the roster in the, in the wide receiver room because of, you know, experience alone. Um, so I think he has to have a really good training camp, and this goes into the preseason, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing for July, but those preseason games, as much as nobody watches them, I know all three of us will be glued no matter what. So we're going to be watching to see which receiver emerges as the guy that's going to line up across from CD, the guy who's going to play the slot. You know, we don't know what they're going to do with Tony Pollard. You know what I mean? So the wide receiver room all of a sudden gets gets crowded. So I think Washington is the guy that has to have a really good uh, preseason slash training camp. So right off the rip, we got uh, Dante Fowler, James Washington, and, of course, Tony's choice, which was um, – I'm drawing a blank. Wow. Dono, Don- Don- Donovan, wow. Wilson. Donovan Wilson. You know why I drew a blank? Because I found that one to be the most shocking.
2: So like, <laughs> I, would never,
1: I love Donovan Wilson. I love me some Donovan Wilson. But again, that's definitely one of those things where it's like, ooh, interesting
0: pick. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs
2: So for me, you, we talk about Dak Prescott. We talk about the offense. We all know what the important importance of the quarterback position is to be successful in this league. You look at Dak Prescott coming into a, a, a training camp for the first time in a couple of years that he's fully healthy. They say he's looking lean. They say he looks great. And, you know, it's everybody looks great season. Everyone looks awesome right now, which is fine. But I think you would all agree. We've seen pictures of Dak Prescott. We've seen him throwing the football this week. The man does look like chiseled up. He looks ripped up. He looks good. I say all that to say, heading into his seventh season, 29 years old. This is be his last year south of 30. Is this the most important Dak Prescott season? Ha- Excuse me, let me present that better. Is this the most important of Dak Prescott's career this season right now?
1: Uh, if I'll jump in real quick. I think it is, um, but now that I think about it, there's a lot of people that have, have, have jumped all over Dak Prescott as a guy who couldn't get it done, can't get it done in the big spot, can't win the Super Bowl, all that stuff. But think about the guys that have kind of paved the way in as far as all-time greats who didn't win a Super Bowl until the end of their career. You know what I mean? Like, let's think about this for a second. Aaron Rodgers got drafted very early. He didn't win one until 2011, right? I'm not talking about just Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about guys like, you want to date back? I'm older. I'm 36. I saw the guy play. John Elway. It took him to, like, literally the last couple seasons of his of his career to win a Super Bowl, right? That's one's for John. Remember everything, you know, like that's that's what happened. And and while I think all the experiences that Dak Prescott has experienced, going through all the things that he's gone through as far as the injury, uh, not knowing if he's going to have his uh, his running back when Zeke was on the on the contract thing, then Dak's own contract thing, then the you know losing his brother, then breaking his ankle, then coming back, then mental health, uh, you know, stability and, and just things he's trying to work on. It all seems like it's, and I don't want to say this in light, but like it seems like it's behind him. You know what I mean? Like, all that stuff, the ankle, I think he's mentally as good as he's going to be right now. Um, You can't really sit there and say, like, oh, well, you know, they took away wide receiver one, so it's going to be a hard year for Dak. You know, I think when you take away, like everybody always harps on having a number one receiver, but sometimes guys perform better when they got, like, Three number twos, you know, guys that can deliver each and every down, not focusing on one guy like, all right, where's Cooper going to be this play? Because I know the defense is going to shy over there. Just imagine lining up and you have when when Gallup's healthy, you have the CD, the Gallup, the Tolbert, the maybe James Washington, the, the whole wide receiver group, Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard out of the backfield. Dak might have more weapons this year than he's ever had, if you think about it. Like, I know he's he's played with Dez and he's played, you know, there's been times where you think he's had, you know, he had Jason Witten for a minute, you know what I mean? So I know he's had talent around him, but this year, one year removed from the ankle, this is make or break because now you're starting to see a lot of these quarterbacks get paid. And I'm talking like Dak Prescott's contract isn't being looked at as this crazy contract anymore because before you know it, Lamar, Kyler uh you know Burrow eventually uh Herbert eventually Prescott's contract is gonna be like eighth or ninth best in the in the league so we can stop putting that away like oh we paid this for this like that's the market folks that's what you're paying for you look at Dak Prescott going into this year right now and I know this is a very very long-winded answer but the answer is yes I think that this is the the year that everything is sort of behind him I'm not again I'm not omitting Life, uh, life tragedies. Like to say, like, ah, we're over it. You know, we're not over it. Obviously, he's not over it. Obviously, but what I'm saying is, yeah, to take a to take a page out of a very bad linebacker. He's got a clear-eyed view. You know, this this right now <laughs> is 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 his season to perform, and I think I think it's going to happen. I think this is the most important season for Dak Prescott.
3: I think I disagree with that. Oh, not in is. the fact. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the most important season for us fans. I think for Dak Prescott, I mean, it's just difficult because throughout this offseason, I think the Dak Prescott polar, like how polarizing Dak Prescott has become, has reached an all time high. Like it seems like every time there's a top 10 quarterbacks list, every time there's any type of ranking, NFC, anytime you see anything about quarterbacks and Dak Prescott's mentioned, that's all the comment section is going to be talking about. He's just become a very polarizing figure this off season. So I think for us, especially Cowboys fans, we know what Dak Prescott's capable of. We watched 2016, we watched 20, the back half of 2018, 2019. We saw what he did through the first half of 2020. So I think we have this idea of like the ceiling that Dak can hit. And I don't. We saw it for through the first five weeks or through up until the bye week last year. We didn't see it after the bye week this year. So. I don't know. It's just tough because I think for fans, this is kind of a season where we're looking at this like, okay, which side of the spectrum is Dak Prescott on? He's had some inconsistency issues. Which like, which quarterback are we actually getting? But I mean, I think the truth is, is Dak falls somewhere in between. So I don't think it's really a make or break year for Prescott. I think we're going to see something middle, like completely in between. The pre-bye week Prescott and the post-bye week Prescott last year. So I don't think it's his most important season, but I think for us fans, we do want that validation this year.
1: So, what Aiden is basically saying to clarify and to put it in a nutshell: Dak Prescott wins MVP this year. He also goes on to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl MVP. That's what Dak Prescott's going to do because of the mid-range stuff and the ranking that that he just put him in so Dak Prescott has a career year year because of Aiden's like (laughs) laissez-faire I don't know it's eh, whatever you know it's one of those things where I'm like and not to cut you off Tony before your answer but like I'm, I'm thinking to myself like you know we all collectively think we know what we get out of Dak right the gamer the guy that's gonna always go to war with his with his his teammates and all that stuff and that's great um but like every year you start to the doubt creeps in every year that it gets longer without a title. So like Aiden, while you think it's going to be like a little mix of pre and post by last year, if for whatever reason, let's just knock on wood with this. Maybe, maybe we do win the division because the division still kind of stinks. Right. And we get to the playoffs and we're bounced again round one. Right. Is it like, is 2023 summer, like the July 4th, the independence day, 2023. Are we starting to say like, all right, we got to start looking for a quarterback that can win the big game, or are we, like, are we kind of still on the fence? Like, we know what's capable as long as he has certain things. You know what I mean? Like, what is it going to take for the fans to go completely jumping off the cliff? Like, what's that like? Tell me what that world's like. (laughs) I think it
3: would take at least two seasons, right? Like,
1: okay,
3: I I don't – I don't think fans are going to jump ship. At least I hope not. I hope you realize that. They
1: will (laughs) in January. They will in January. They'll be like, that's it. I'm done. It's just like me. I'm sure I'll be the same guy. I'll be like, I I can't believe this team. I'll never jump on the hype train again. And the other day I said, oh, this guy's winning the Super Bowl. It's great.
3: (laughs) All all I'll say is there's like three quarterbacks who I can like honestly say are like these guys will put you in a great position to win the Super Bowl. And like you can win like like they will pull the team up by its bootstraps and Win by their will, and that's like Mahomes, Brady, and Rogers. Outside of that, I don't like. I don't think Cowboys fans really understand how hard it is to get like a top three quarterback in the NFL.
1: Understood. Understood. Tony, answer your own question, bro.
2: You know, just to kind of touch on that kind of conversation beforehand. um Before I get on my TED talk here about Dak Prescott, you know to. Ha- For me, Dak Prescott is squarely within the top 10 best quarterbacks in this league. I I don't even think it's really something that I think is not even too controversial to me. Um, The reason why, you know, it's so hard to win a championship, right? Like you said, John Elway, Dan Marino never got one. The guys that, you know, Steve Young got the monkey off his back. Like there's so many great quarterbacks in this league that are revered that either just got one late or just never got one. So the fact that a quarterback is measured by the championships is, is almost unfair, but that's what you sign up for. Right. And at the end of the day, being the star quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, it comes with extra, it comes with so much more, right. And it comes with the the responsibility of understanding how do you handle that extra scrutiny Dak Prescott, a man, as a man, not a football player, is absolutely equipped to handle all the outside things that come with this position in this, and this uh, position in his life. I say that to answer this question with, I do think this is the most important season of his career. I think a lot of it is outside perception. I do think some of it is within questions. You, you give a man a lot of money, whether it's market value or not, right? Dak Prescott earned every dollar he got, probably should have gotten more, and now the contract's going to look more friendly as we go on. But to hit 29 years old, to see the way the season ended last year, to see kind of the the ups and the downs of Dak Prescott last year, even though the funny thing is the offense was ranked number one in the whole league. But we as players are fans that watched every snap, and com- we're confused about what is this offense doing? Is it a Kellen Moore situation? Is it a Dak Prescott thing? There are moments in time where you'd see Dak Prescott on the sideline, and he looked perplexed. Like, you, you don't really want to see a quarterback with that deer-in-the-headlight looks. Now, I am 100% in camp Dak Prescott. I think this guy is going to win a Super Bowl. I think he has everything that it takes, right? The intangibles. But at what point does, you know, does the, the – he has the ability – To not cash in like when does that come right when do you have to say okay like this guy's gonna have to start cashing these checks that we're talking about Um, I think this year is super important like I said he's 29 years old he's finally healthy Um, this this is a super important year not because of you know it's year seven but it's because of like you said Dave a year from now we could be having a totally different conversation if they don't win a Super Bowl let's say this is a year where they miss the playoffs and the Eagles get us in the division and we're sitting there like man does he need the cards, like, stacked completely in his favor to go ahead and go 12-5 and five and then still get bounced in the first round? Um, it's very hard to win in this league. And like, and like Aiden said, you, you don't need a top-five quarterback to go and get a run at it here. But, like, at what point in time do you find a way to get it done? Like, everybody's got adversity. The last three years, two and a half years of life, everyone's been dealing with adversity, right? So it's like somebody still won the championship. Now, Dak Prescott and his team and his you know leadership has to find a way to say, why can't it be us, right? So I look at this team under him, and I'm fully in belief that he can get it done. But this is the year, like you said again, Dave, where if it doesn't get done, there are going to be screams, not whispers about this guy. There's going to understand, it's like, okay, Mississippi State – you know, hey, they actually never won anything. I know they were number one for a week or two, and then it's like, oh, Dak Prescott needs Amari Cooper, or he needs this, or he needs that. What are you going to do when Ezekiel Elliott's not here anymore? And, you know, oh, he doesn't play well because his friend's going to leave. Like, there just needs to be a way to just get this done. Now, I know it may be some miracle on ice type situation, the way that we feel about this team. I know Dave's high, high on him this year, and, I, and I'm feeding off that energy. I need to see it before it happens. But the one thing I don't doubt Dak Prescott I'm just rooting for him heavy this year because I know what it's going to be like with the outside perceptions uh
1: after that um I want to run through a brick wall just so you know how I feel right now you got me revved up on a Saturday (laughs) morning of 4th of July weekend this is that's I want to do the the let's effing go so hard right now uh but (laughs) listen it it, is for me and Tony it's 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 very very important Aiden thinks that you know, it's 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 not I'm not saying that it's not important. It's just not as let's let's not like hold this guy up for ransom. You know what I mean? Like it, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. We we know what we got in Dak Prescott, um, and we'll see what happens. So all right, Aiden. It's crunch time, bro. You got one question for the two of us, and then you can answer it yourself about the two thousand twenty-two NFL Dallas Cowboys heading into training camp.
3: Yeah, I mean I feel like both of your questions got somewhat negative there, so I'm going to try and get us on the positive direction. Oh, we're Um, We're
1: winning the Super Bowl. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) So
3: every training cramp, we're going to see headlines about, I mean, this X player is making this X ridiculous play. I mean, the headlines are going to be there. Mm -hmm. Kind of leaning into that, what player do you think would be most beneficial for the Cowboys if they just took a massive step forward in training camp? Like, X player on the Dallas Cowboys, it came out that they were just killing it in training camp and they continued throughout the season. What player would help? Like, what player would you be rooting that that applies to the most?
1: Tony, you. All right. You <laughs> thought, thought for a second you're going to have a chance to think. That's
2: funny. <laughs> Psych. <And laughs> so, to lean into kind of Aiden's first answer in this pod, um, with Dante Fowler kind of being like on the fringe and not being a player, I think if Sam Williams can come in and take some coaching from Dan Quinn, right? This is Dan Quinn's guy. He's heavily invested in this pick. If Sam Williams can go out there and, and and, you know, we start seeing the Todd Archers of the world and Kyle human saying looks unblockable in practice. They put the pads on and he still looks like a, a speed demon off the edge. The Cowboys are going to be a much better football team. If Sam Williams, figures this out. I know he's going to go off raw ability and just pure skill. If he can put together a package, if he can put together a bag of pass rushing moves where Sam Williams is further along in his development, I think the Cowboys are going to be in a much better place because it kind of softens the blow of Randy Gregory. It gives you Demarcus Lawrence, a young Sam Williams, and Micah Parsons, a baller. So we know what that's going to look like. I think we all know where this this game is one it's one at the quarterback position but it's also one on the edges where your tackles and your defensive ends. so if the cowboys have two guys three guys even that they can trust to rush the passer the cowboys are gonna be much better off for it so i need sam williams to step up lock in get in that playbook and let's go
1: now aiden does this have to doesn't necessarily have to be a rookie right it could be anybody on the roster to have this crazy good right i mean crazy good training you,
3: camp yeah if you like If you could pick one player to have like the Trayvon Diggs-esque jump, doesn't have to be a rookie. Just who would you want that that jump to apply to? Okay,
1: so I I alluded to this uh, on the Chop Sports Daily, which is a daily show that I put on YouTube every day with Chop Sports. And I said this because we went through the NFC breakout players that are going to, you know, NFC, like the complete, like which guy per team is going to break out. My partner Chris Gucci p- took Tony Pollard. He thinks that's gonna be it. Like he's gonna have this, this this you know magical year, push Zeke out of town, right? Um, for me, and I'll stick with this. If this guy has a fantastic training camp, a good preseason, it will make me feel so much better about the linebacker room that we have right now. If Leighton Vanderesh can get healthy, get right, and get ready, bro. Just imagine us not having to worry as much about the linebacker position, meaning Parsons right now is your, is your guy. He's almost your captain. He's the guy that's going to be moving around from position to position. Right. And he's going to play some linebacker. He'll cover some tight ends. He'll do his thing. Right. Um, but if Leighton Van can get back to that, open field tackler, the wolf hunter thing, right? Like everything that he wants to do and don't don't, like, don't get it twisted. I didn't think the wolf hunter thing was that cool until like I needed it (laughs) in my life. I was like, come on, man, just howl once, you know, (laughs) Uh, like I'm sitting there. I'm like, I I think Leighton Vanderesh needs to stay healthy. I don't need to hear about him, you know, pulling up limp uh, in in training camp. This is the training camp for him to show everybody that, look, I know you didn't pick up my option. And I know you signed me back for a year, and I appreciate that, but I'm going to make sure that I am X amount times valuable at the end of this season in which you got to consider me as getting a big payday. So that's the kind of season this guy needs to have, and I think right now, again, everybody's at their healthiest right now unless you're coming off a 2021 injury, um, but I think right now Leighton Van Der Esch is at his healthiest. Um, I think he is going to have the most opportunity. There's guys that are going to be chomping at the bit. The Jabril Coxes of the world are on their way back. You know what I mean? Like those guys are going to push for other, you know, positions, and and they're, and they're going to push this kid. And I think that's a good thing. But I think it's Leighton Vanderesh who jumps off the chart for me as the guy that needs to have a fantastic training camp. He's going to make a couple plays. He might even pick off Dak Prescott once or twice where people are going to be like, "What the hell?" Like this guy's covering people now. Like what is happening? Like. It could be a thing, and maybe that's the Todd Archer and the and the blogging the boys R J Ochoas. You two guys are going to be writing about this thing like, oh my god, the Wolf Hunter's back. You know what I mean? So let's get on that hype train. I'm all for Leighton Vanderesh.
2: Let me let me interject real quick because that is super like super important. Like you hit the nail on the head. I'm scary scared about how thin this linebacker position is right we're, we're all hoping that Jabril Cox is going to be a star in this league coming off an ACL injury right we're hoping Damone Clark can find a way to play and have a career with us and and like these are guys that we're banking on right outside of Micah Parsons and Leighton Van who was you know one foot out the door this year and now we're like we need Leighton Van to step up. If he steps up and we have two solidified linebackers, because Michael Parsons is going to play that hybrid role, I feel so much better about the middle of that defense, and we need it. Like, I don't think people realize how scary it could go left real quick for this linebacker room in this defense if, if something were to happen there.
1: Well, just think about it, because last year, I mean, we had to turn freaking Keanu Neal into a linebacker. That's how thin right. we were at the position. We <laughs> had to, like, freaking uh, do an experiment for a guy, a veteran in the league. Like, you know what? Let's just move you down and keep you down here. You know what I mean? Like, that's not ideal, right? We need Van Der Esch to to solidify that linebacker room and and become the leader he is. He reminds me uh, of a, you know, mentality-wise, leadership-wise, another Sean Lee. You know what I mean? I, I think that he could be the general out there to make sure that rallies the troops, gets everybody going, and it's pivotal, just like it was for Lee. It's pivotal that he's on the field. So that's that's yeah. where I'm at.
2: Aiden's now. a fan. I know that. Last week he was singing eight, uh, Leighton Van Dyke's praises. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah, I just right. wrote
3: an article. Yeah, I I'm in I'm in on Lane Van Dyke this year. I think he had a very underrated 2021 season too. So, I I buy it. So right. my pick I did not think was going to make back to me. I'm with you two going first. I'm taking Tyler Smith. That's very easy for me. I saw the offensive line over the back half of 2021. I saw how that played out when, I mean, Tyron Smith, maybe he gets banged up in 2022, which he has been lately. Maybe, Ter- I mean, Terrence Steele, we're fine with, I guess, at right tackle, but we're not we're not singing his praises. And then you have up and at center, you have Tyler Biotish, who, I mean, I like, but I don't think any of us are completely 100% bought in on him. So... I mean, it's just kind of a weird offensive line year right after the worst offensive line year we've had since drafting what Travis Frederick probably. So it's just the offensive line was really scary last year. I need the only thing we really did to address it was take Tyler Smith with the first with our first round pick. So I mean, you're putting all your chips into him. Like, literally just taking like, like, he's a very raw player. You're, Putting your pushing your chips into him literally taking the step like in one training camp. So I'm scared, but we need it to happen or else this offensive line could go sideways and cause a lot of problems.
2: Let me ask you guys this question real quick. Have you, and I mean I know Aiden, you're younger than us, so I'll ask Dave first. Have you ever had a season where you felt like each position or the season? like, was hanging on one person so much as this year. Like, damn, the wide receivers, we need CD to develop into that number one. Man, we need Leighton Van Der Ash to step up in linebacker. Man, if Sam Williams can just give us something at the pass rush, I feel like that every... Tyler Smith needs to be able to win the left guard spot. There's so many, like... Well, if this doesn't work, we'll have this guy. We don't have that this year. We need guys to go out and ball out at Spartan's positions just for us to be competitive, I feel.
1: I feel like I felt like that every single year that Tony Romo was our quarterback. <laughs> like, I, was I love say Romo. The same thing. It feels- there's not even there's not a bigger Romo guy than me. And maybe there is, but like I, I, I was like, dude, if, if Tony Romo can just do this, you know, we'll be fine. You know, and like every <laughs> other year he'd break his back, his collarbone, he'd puncture along, he'd do this, he'd break his back again. Like it was just It was very tough sledding with Tony Romo. When you look at a team like this, you hit it. This is a very good pick, um, Aiden. I think that that Tyler Smith, like Jerry Jones is the kind of owner, along with Steven and the entire front office, even Will McClay, the guys that make the decisions around draft day, I think they, they don't like being proven wrong. I think that they need to be right when it comes to certain things. And if they take a guy like a Tyler Smith, who, again, wasn't in anybody's head and or mouth in mock drafts you know nobody in the world until the last day the last minute we started like hey don't be surprised if it's tyler smith and we're like who you know like wait who, who are we mm. going why why are we doing this we have x y and z on the board and we're still going tyler smith like what's happening and then we did they got to hit a home run on this uh, and no matter what position he lines up at which all signs lean to you know, the left guard position to start the year if if he, if he beats out the rest of the guys, uh, which, again, in all likelihood will. You know, in, in the NFL, it's different. Like in the NBA and baseball and, ba- and, uh, and hockey, you know, you draft these guys and you expect development over time and you're not pressured to have them become all-stars or pro bowlers or, or whatever, you know, whatever the terminology is for your respective sport. In football, if you're drafted in the first round, you need to deliver on year one. I don't care who you are, unless you're a quarterback who's no, who they know is going to be a one-year project, two-year project, whatever. If you're drafted as a lineman, a defensive end, a corner, you're getting thrown in there, no matter what. There's no grace period. There's no minor leagues. There's no there's no developmental program. There's no. I mean, yeah, I guess you can consider the practice squad, but you're not drafting somebody to put them on the practice squad. So they have to hit with Tyler Smith. And I think, again, a very raw player from everything that we've read, seen, and obviously every interview that he's done thus far, uh, It's it's everything's kind of checked all the boxes. And you're like, all right, you know what? We're excited about this kid. But now it's about putting the pads on and seeing who he could stop. You know, when when guys line up across from him, it's going to be a whole nother world. You know what I mean? Like when the bigger guys, like let's just say Neville Gallimore, just lines up over him, like face-to-face. You're like, all right, let's see, let's see what this kid's got. You know what I mean? Because – we're not going to get a bigger test than guys on our own team right now. And then what, what are you going to do when the the Aaron Donaldson and then uh, and then uh, Sue and all these monstrosities of people line up over you and you got to block these guys. You're responsible for doing that right away. So I think, Aiden, that's a very good pick because my man got drafted first. So you better get on the field and you better carve a nice little rollout for you. And, and you hit it again. Like the, the offensive line, it's so weird. Because every national writer or all these talking heads will always say, no matter what, it's almost as like it's it's programmed in their brain that the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is really good. You know what I mean? Like it's it's always good. It's always top ten in the league. It's always a because that's been the case for the last ten years. Well, that well, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying like they right. I mean, it's been it's there's been times where it's tough sledding. You know what I mean? And and nobody understands that. So for them to establish a guy like a Tyler Smith, it's very 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 pivotal. So. I think this was a uh, good and a productive lesson to be learned on the 4th of July as you guys are chowing down on your hot dogs and your beers and everything else that you're consuming on the 4th of July. I hope you guys consumed a little bit of first and 10 podcast. You can find us each and every Monday through the preseason. I know we're working on a massive, massive training camp episode coming up in a couple of weeks. We don't want to give away anything right now because obviously we want to confirm everything, uh, but there's some, some cool things in the works for the first and 10 podcast. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Imagine that. Leave us a review. Let's (laughs) see if it makes it through all the the, the craziness that is the algorithms of the iTunes world. And see if these reviews actually show up. Because, boy, oh, boy, it would be great to see and hear from some of you guys. And if you want to tweet at us, you can find us on Twitter. We're always retweeting this episode. We can always go back and forth with you as far as uh, debate some Dallas Cowboys. So, guys, fellas. My fellow colleagues here, I hope you guys enjoy your 4th of July. I know me, I'm in my attic, so I'm sweating. I know Aiden's sweating his ass off in that garage over there. He's, he's glistening right now. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's a hot day. I don't know what kind of air-conditioned situation you got up there, uh, Tony, in, in your spot. But boy, oh, boy, <laughs> we need the pool. We need we need some kind of water, and it needs to happen right now. So, for Dave Sturchio, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis, this has been another episode of the 1st and 10 podcast. Happy 4th of July, everybody, and we'll see you guys next week.